You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We We have a selection in our Locked On world. The Hornets have selected at number 17 overall with a fantastic trade to trade back. The pick, executed really by Doug Branson more so than me. I traded back. Doug not very happy with me, as you heard on yesterday's podcast. Doug wanted Jackson Hayes. Unbelievable. Jackson Hayes did not last to 17. In fact, he went to the one team that I was real worried about, and it was the New Orleans Pelicans, who again got the 14th selection because in our world, they traded with the Boston Celtics in exchange for Anthony Davis. By the way, Rick's mad at you. Rick Bunnell, Charlotte Observer tweeting, so Walker Mail traded back in a draft defined as shallow. Never trust the judgment of a dude who puts mayo on burgers. Whoa. By the time this insanity is over, he'll have five second-round picks. Bunnell Burns. Bunnell Burns, he's Burns throwing so him, he's throwing them all over the place. And you reply afterwards, he was jealous of my love for Jackson Hayes, and then he responds back with... As opposed to Lonnie Walker. <laughs> oh! Just ever, nobody's safe. Nobody is safe from Benel Burns today. We also got some Benel Burns from other people on Twitter. People not happy with us. I didn't even tell everybody the you pick. You haven't even though. announced the pick We're, or, yet. we're not organized right now. No, so, it's called teasing it. So I apologize. People are, people are on the edge of their seats right now or on the edge of their treadmills or at the edge of their car right now waiting for you to reveal who the Hornets selected in the Locked On NBA Mock draft. So, Sekou Demboya was drafted 12th overall after we traded with the Brooklyn Nets. Miami selected Romeo Langford. New Orleans selected <laughs> Jackson Hayes at 14 overall. Detroit selected Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 15 overall. How about Cleveland trading with Orlando and trading all the way up to get Matisse Thibel out of Washington? Little early for Cleveland, at least I think. Thigh who? And then 17 rolls around, and that's where we traded back to alongside 27, which is going to be extremely valuable. And, of course, Doug wanted it badly if he could not get Jackson Hayes. He told me if we did not select his next guy that he would riot. So the pick was in. We we put it in and selected Bowl Bowl. Yeah! Bowl Square, baby! Bowl Bowl! I wanted the, I wanted the big swing, and I, I don't know that there's a bigger swing in this draft more upside in this draft than Bull Bull, and I knew he would be available at 17. It really was, for me, the only saving grace of your trading back, because I think Jackson Hayes is more of a sure bet than Bull Bull is, but I also think that Bull Bull has a higher ceiling. Like I think he has true star potential, and I'm not the only one, by the way. Ricky O'Donnell on SB Nation writing, Bull Bull's star potential in the NBA draft is worth gambling on. I'm going to read you the first paragraph, the lead here. Please do. Bull Bull's combination of elite size, length, and shooting touch gives him tantalizing upside in the 2019 NBA draft. At the same time, questions over his mobility, health, and frame threaten to derail his sky-high potential before it ever comes to fruition. Guess what? I don't care anything about that because it's at 17, and the Hornets really have nothing to lose at this point. And so at 12, you would have gone Jackson Hayes. And again, just to reiterate why I decided to trade down, 11, Minnesota, they selected Kevin Porter Jr. I probably would have stayed home had Kevin Porter Jr. been available. In fact, I know I would have. I really like him. I would have selected him at 12 overall. But because he was gone at number 11, I told you 
the big guys that were still available, we were going to at least get one at 17. And I liked, for the most part, most of them. Now, I would have selected a Bruno Fernando here if it was no Doug a part of the process. I would have gone Bruno Fernando at 17. Bull Bull is just a little too much of a gamble with me. But I got to tell you, it's almost one of those guys like, oh, I don't want to do it. Are you sure you want me to do it? Okay, fine. I'll select Bull Bull. I wouldn't do it, but I am so enticed at the idea. I'm kind of glad you made me do it. I want to see how this works out. Bull Bull, so nice. They named him twice. Bull Bull is extremely thin at being 7'2". And I know you mentioned that you're not exactly scared of his thin frame. And the one thing about it is he lost like 25 pounds because he was injured for so long. You know who was also thin? Giannis. I mean, a lot of players come in thin. They need to bulk up. That's the least thing that I'm worried the about. I mean, the motor issues. Can... Motor issues scare me. I don't love taking a guy with motor issues in the first round. This And in 17, I know it's not early, but, you know. Well, you, and you also have to factor in, I mean, players that are clearly on that NBA track, like how much of the motor issues are tied to the fact that they they know they know where they're heading they know where they're going but listen to this from ricky o'donnell on sbnation.com bull might be the best pure shooter in the draft no way bull isn't just an elite shooter for a 7-2 center over his final season of high school ball and his truncated college career Bull has made a case to be one of the best and most versatile shooters in the draft, regardless of position. You know what's funny is you look at the guys that were selected ahead of Bull Bull, and I can't name you somebody that is an outright better shooter. Guys that you would put up against him. Kobe White was is probably a guy you would put up against him. Um, a Kevin Porter Jr. who shot well from college. Maybe that's a guy you would put against him. And he's not right up on Nikhil the line Alexander either. Walker. I mean, he's taken deep no, threes. His highlights are fun. We talked about this nice a while back. shooting stroke. We talked about this a while back. His highlights are fun. It his reminds stroke me of ain't Thon no Maker. joke. In my imaginary, don't use a plate. Use a bowl. All right, enough. In my imaginary interview with Steve Mims, talking with Steve Mims, who I didn't really talk to, but I really did talk to, he discussed some of the motor issues and that he went to the Nike Hoop Summit and watched him in practice again. Very slim amount of time he actually spent watching Bull Bull before he got to Oregon. But he said that he didn't notice any motor issues. And, you know, I'll, I'll take that for what it's worth if he's going to be our Hornet selection. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was watching all of these three-point field bowls. We appreciate you joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. It is presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs> it's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Locked On Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and when you get in your car and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Book your next trip with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We got some tweets our way. Not happy with us. A lot not happy with Doug. I'm not here to be popular. One kind of on a trend, kind of sparked a thread. Not happy with some of my Kimball Walker takes that I apparently don't back up. I will do that on the next segment. I'm here to ask the important questions. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with plenty more on the Locked on Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. The one draft pick you hit on was Kimba Walker, and you, you drafted Bismack Biamba beforehand. Don't! You got it right the second time, which is great. I am the smart SMRT. But you drafted Biombo before Kimba Walker. So, <laughs> again, you almost messed that one up as well. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
got Bowl Bowl at 17, a guy with such a high ceiling, and we're going to get a 27th overall selection. That's also going to work out for the Hornets. It's really just a phenomenal job. Well done by Walker Mayo, the new general manager of the Hornets. Uh, very good, and I love this point that Ricky O'Donnell makes on SB Nation. On Do you just want to get this guy on? No, I'll just read his stuff. It's way easier. Uh, Bowl's <laughs> length will be an asset as NBA defenses continue to evolve, especially in a zone. That's such a great, like, nuanced point that he's not going to necessarily be a big that can switch every screen. But how many zone defenses did we see this season? And how many times did it, has it flummoxed NBA offenses? We, didn't we see a box and one in the NBA finals? Like, we did. What and Jeff world? Van Gundy was bamboozled by it. He had no clue what he was seeing. He was did not realize that that was actually going on right in front of him. He And, and you saw Jam, uh, James Borrego bamboozled by the zone defense against teams like the New York Knicks, and then teams started to do that against them, and they struggled against the zone. I'm ready for the Hornets to bamboozle someone. We got some tweets to talk about, Doug. Some came at you. I knew they were going to come at you. I told you that your mentions were going to be fire yesterday after your hot Kimba Walker take. Just your questions that you were asking. That's all you were doing. I'm just asking opinions. So we got a couple. One, do you want Do you want to go first on some of the tweets that were brought at you? Here, you have the mic. You get the floor. And you go respond to some of the tweets that were your way. Well, so Hornet Sports Spot, a big follower of the show. Thanks for listening. He uh, tweets, that's a bold statement. Number one, it wasn't a statement. It was a question. <laughs> Number two, he says, so because Kimba wants to win here, you question his desire to win a title and whether that's the kind of player you should sign. Again, perfectly missing my point that it's it's not. I'm not questioning his desire to win I, I am questioning whether he wants to win a title because if you want to win a title wouldn't you put yourself in the best possible position to do that and my question is is signing a big contract with the Charlotte Hornets knowing their situation and knowing the evidence see I'm a big evidence guy right if you have no if you have no previous evidence that the team that you're playing for has been able to surround you with high level talent championship level talent then then why would you continue to believe that and, and i think we've had plenty of opportunities what about the new regime though I, I mean i'm with you on this you do get a new regime it is the same owner but you do get a new regime right and, uh, well maybe i mean we haven't seen mitch kupchak really pull the big trade yet is yeah. he capable of doing that and that was the big question right when he first came we were like you know you can look back at his history and say he made this deal and that deal but that was when he was part of an organization that had assets that were uh, uh, attractive to yeah. people. And and we've seen these reports where Mitch has tried to wheel and deal, baby. He's tried to go out. And, and Rich Cho tried to do the same thing. And other teams said, uh, no. <laughs> and so you look at this and I hear you. I didn't necessarily agree with it. I, all your questions that you were asking. I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of it. But I understand. I mean, look. It's it's the money factor to me, man, and I do value. And I, I we talked about it yesterday. I know I don't need to share my opinion again. I just I do find some value in sticking. Then why with doesn't a franchise. he talk about that? Well, because you you don't hear him really talking about. It. You don't hear him saying, "Well, listen, I was underpaid for a long time. I have an opportunity to be paid a lot of money, and I that, I value that." It's all it's all this sort of masked in. Well, I really like to live here. I like you know I'm I'm loyal to the fans. But no, if, if he just true. wants the money, just say it. That's well, I mean. I don't know. Does anybody is anybody really crazy vocal about that? I mean, I, I guess Kevin Durant was vocal about it. I think when there, he talked about 
wanting to get and cash in on his deal. I, maybe there are some players. There's that a do way that, to but, say, hey, I want to be paid what I deserve. I want to do to what's be, best for my family, right? Yeah, I want to do what's best for my family. I want to be paid what I deserve to be paid. And you haven't heard any of that. You haven't heard any focus on the money. And all I'm hearing is things about, you know, well, it could, you know, nothing's guaranteed anywhere. I'm just saying, if, if Kimball Walker is your highest paid player, it's going to make it very difficult to bring other talent in. And that's really going to make a championship in Charlotte not guaranteed. And and if I'm coming at this from a from a personal level and not just sort of evaluating and trying to tell Kimball what to do with his life level, I'm just looking at this and saying, man, I just really feel like it would be best for this organization to understand that they they did everything they could in this era to put a contender on the floor. It didn't work out. Now it's time to move on instead of ha- trying to hang on uh, to uh, to what was. So that leads into a tweet that I got. Same guy, Hornet Sportsbot, active on Twitter towards both of us yesterday. And he said, hey, Walker added me hey at walker mail you continue to say the hornets should let kemba walk away but you never actually lay out a plan for how the team becomes competitive and signs big name free agents while winning 25 games the next few years care to expound either on twitter or on your show and then a couple of other tweets later just i think like two later he also said sorry folks but it's time to start holding writers podcasters and radio quote-unquote reporters responsible for their takes if you can't back up what you say I'm calling you out. Easy as that. So he's on a rampage. Oh, trying to call us out. Gotcha. And I understand. Look, man, like I understand that a lot of people want Kimball Walker to be here with the Charlotte Hornets. And I and I'm not just saying I understand that and then trying to, you know, pass it on to the side. I legitimately understand that people don't want to lose the biggest star that has ever been a part of this specific franchise, not the one with Alonzo Mourning and Glenn Rice and all those guys. But this specific one, all we had was Gerald Wallace and people love Gerald Wallace, but he is no Kimba Walker because he doesn't check off the longevity, doesn't check off the All-NBA selection, doesn't check off the three All-Star appearances, and we get all that. I do understand all of that, why people would hate to see him go. I only understand it from an emotional level. Like you, you've you got the Kimba Walker jerseys and you've really enjoyed watching him play. I understand it from that level. But from from someone that enjoys watching winning basketball, I don't know how you could look at Kimba Walker and say, Oh man, you know, it's it's not as if like Kimba Walker hasn't achieved a lot with this franchise. If there were still things left for him to do individually with this franchise, I could understand wanting to see him accomplish those things, that those things, major records. But he's done all that. So, look, I I'm with you. I I I I see value in him wanting to endure something great as far as a team goes. But look, he says that we don't expound on that anymore. And I felt like there was a couple of other people responded that said, no, I, I think this is what Walker and the rest of the people on the podcast, rest of you know anybody that else joins, right? Like Nada, Doug, Walker, I think this is what their plan was. So I'll, I'll go through it, okay? So at this point, I would rather build through the draft and develop the young talent that progressed so well at the end of the season rather than allocate a ton of money to Kemba Walker. Doug, feel free to intrude on any of this. I agree. Even if it's 190 million, right? Even if it's 190 million, which comes out about 38 million annually, annually, rather than 221 at the full supermax, I would still rather move on. I don't know how far you get down before it's a reasonable deal, but if it's for you know 50 million more than the next team could offer him, yeah, I still would rather move on. I also don't want to attach any picks to get off salary for anything less than pieces who would help this team truly contend in a first round series. If you can trade for a Bradley Beal 
or another player of that caliber, then great. I'm ready to go to war with that backcourt of Kemba and Bradley Beal. I'm just skeptical of the Hornets' assets being enough to bring Beal aboard. Maybe you can offer the entire buffet of the four first-rounders, Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, and whatever, uh, but then there does get to a point where it gets to be too much, and, and adding Bradley Beal would, I mean, how much would that weigh out getting rid of everything that you have for the future? But adding Bradley Beal in most uh, scenarios is something I would be a fan of. But for the most part, I don't want to get off salary and attach picks to them in order to do so. I want to move on and start to get young talent and build around some of that of some of those guys that were able to accumulate through the draft. There, there are only a, a few years in your in your peak window, and Kemba has entered that. And, and I really feel like if he, you know, if he wants to contend for a title, if he wants to win a championship, then he needs to do everything as soon as possible. It, it seems like if if the Hornets kept Kemba Walker, they would be at least two or three years away in a lot of what ifs from being able to even contend in the playoffs, much less for a championship. So let's talk. If that's not enough, which I feel like I've said that quite a bit, but if that's not enough, let's talk about the financial situation they would be in if they were to re-sign Kemba Walker. So if you factor in, and this is according to Bobby Marks, ESPN, salary cap extraordinaire, right? Just what he kind of put it at. So factor in a $32.7 million starting salary for Kemba Walker, which seems low, right? If you go $32 million annually, it seems like he very well could make more than that with the Hornets. So $32.7 million starting salary for Walker and the Hornets, they would go $7 million above the luxury tax threshold. That would result in an $11 million penalty in the luxury tax. You add what is he says is conservative and I certainly agree you add a conservative 11 million salary for a Jeremy Lamb who I think if you sign Kimba Walker if your goal is to win now then Jeremy Lamb was your second best player last year so do you have to bring back Jeremy Lamb to some degree and so it, their plan has to been has been to win now for years I'm tired of trying right, to win now right and so it, but not it, if your plan is to win now then then it would be kind of hard to sell me on not signing Jeremy Lamb again, letting your second best player on the team let him walk. So if you brought him back on $11 million, then that would cost the Hornets an additional $27.5 million in luxury tax payment. So even if you didn't bring back Jeremy Lamb, you're still going in, in you're still going in the luxury tax by paying him just a conservative 32.7 million and there's so and that he says Bobby Mark says the total cost is comparable to a free agent with 10 years of service like Kevin Durant signing a max contract. So that's the financial situation you would be in real quickly, Doug. He Hornet Sports Spot who tweeted at us. He's been he's been singing about Nick Batum stretching his contract in the second year that would free up 30 million if you were to bring back Kimba Walker, have all of the money, the 40 million that would come off. I just I don't want to spread Nick Batum's contract out another season to free up 30 million and if you do get 30 million Doug, what evidence do we have of bringing in any type of free agent that would help Kimba and this team go to the next level? Al Jefferson we talked about this before. Al Jefferson is the biggest free agent that I can think of signing in history, not even just the Bobcats slash Hornets. Go back to the original Hornets. Is Al Jefferson the biggest free agent that's ever signed? Gordon Hayward won and two, but was restricted. And I don't even think Gordon Hayward was as big of a name at the time as Lance Stevenson was, who eventually did sign. Like, And, and we're grasping for straws, man, if we start mentioning Lance Stevenson's name. No, I totally agree. They they have not shown an ability to put anyone beside Kimball Walker. It's that's part of my argument. I just right. I don't you would be going into this completely naive and and feeling like that the Hornets could pull off something that they just have not been able to pull off in the past. 
and also with an owner that has shown no indication that he wants to go into the luxury tax. Like, if you wanted to win a championship, wouldn't you want to go to an organization that seems more willing to spend money and and content? Well, and, and even if you're the organization, wouldn't you rather, at least for me, it's a new regime, right? So again, if if then, so let's say that doesn't satisfy it. I know we're going over again a second show in a row. We're going long in a second segment, whatever. So let, let's say that's not enough. You know, as mentioned, you know, he, he also mentioned bringing free agents in that tweet, right? So, well, well, there isn't really that many free agents that ever signed here before. And we just went through some of the examples. Teams here for the last 30 years and their entire 30-year history, they've been built through the draft and through trades. So then maybe you might ask me, okay, well then sign Kimba and then start trading for other players since you just said, Walker, that this is a team that has built through trades. Here's the problem. Because the Hornets, when they traded to have some of these good teams, they've traded all-stars away. We just went through this last week with baseline buzz Adam Chin. We just went through this last week. You go from Alonzo Mourning, he wanted out, so you trade him for all-star Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice, you decide to trade for all-star Eddie Jones. EJ. Eddie Jones, you decide to trade for all-star Jamal Mashburn. Oh, Mash. And then the team goes away to New Orleans, and then we're born with the Bobcats who doesn't do anything. I mean, so when you're talking about teams that have been built here before, if you want evidence, then, okay, there's your good teams. They did it through the draft. Why can't they do it now? Because they traded all-stars, not MKG, not Cody Zeller, not Marvin Williams, not Miles Bridges, who is the best asset that they currently have alongside their future first-round selections. So, okay, go get another all-star. Go get another guy that can have this team truly contend to win a first-round series with those assets, compared to the ones the Hornets have had before, legitimate all-stars that they've traded. No, they tried to develop a system. And, and then, it worked! And then they they brought in players that they felt like would play well in that system, but they're undesirable to everyone else. They're paying for that now, and, and in a sense, Kimball Walker paid for it for several years. I'm, I'm asking if Kimball Walker wants to continue to pay for those, those crimes. Also, Grayson tweeted us, I really, really, really hope Kimba doesn't see poop emoji like this. So, so wait, I should not have been emailing uh, Kimba Walker episodes oh, of this show that? on a thumb drive. Don't do that. To his house. He's I just going to get mad at us, and I, I don't want him to that. be mad at us. My are, bad. You, are you really emailing him like this? Look, so. No, I mailed it. I snail mailed <laughs> I'll put it on a thumb drive and I mailed it to his house. Was that wrong? So, look, now we, we go through all that. Now Just we have questions. <laughs> now we have a new regime. And, and I, I think now's the time to build from the ground up with Mitch Kupchak. I was fine going after the playoffs and not trading Kimba Walker last season. You made your bed and now you have to lay in it. And I get all that. But I was fine going after the playoffs because you have a veteran laden roster. And that's all cool. But now this is the situation you're in. And I want out. Like, my personal preference is not to contend for an eight seed anymore. I want to at least win a first round series and I don't know how you legitimately do that with the NBA the way it is around you having a bunch of superstars form together go to teams together and with the way that they've built it in the past I'm, I'm just ready to move on from this and if you're not cool you want to bring back Kimba I'm not I'm not hating on that I think there is a legitimate understanding to having some type of good feeling your team is in the playoffs you know okay like I, I find value in that for a small market team I'm not doing that to chastise you I'm not doing that to belittle anybody that thinks that that has some value I, I think there's some value to that not to me anymore now I'm ready to win a series or at least contend at least have a shot and that happened in three years so I'm ready to move on it's the Locked On Horns podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you joining us once again. You can get Locked On on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya. 
as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Remember that. Also want to give a thanks to Untuck It for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, to get 20% off. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more plenty on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Dale Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number 1, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. You're telling me that we have more tweets to get to? We got one more, baby. Is it a hate tweet towards you or towards me this time? Uh, it's it's towards me. Okay, what is it? Uh, this is NC Tony on Twitter saying, I'd rather have a guy want to win and take us to the promised land fighting in a fix hole, I think it's supposed to be a foxhole, mm-hmm. than a rat jumping off a sinking ship. Hmm. The rat's jumping mentality is millennials Gen X Oh, types. he went there. Let's go where it's easier. Are you so? What, what is the cutoff? Like, don't people fall into a trap where they blame? Malay- right, go ahead. I'm, I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I don't know what what he thinks the Hornets are. Does he think they are? I think going- he, you're the millennial. That is the rat jumping off the ship. I think is what he's saying. I no. I definitely think he thinks that about me. Oh, but okay. um, I'm wondering if he thinks the Hornets are going to the promised land. Are they in a foxhole, or are they rats, or are they a sinking ship that rats are jumping off of? Now listen. If a sink is shipping, if a ship is sinking, mm. yep. I'm jumping off of it, okay? Call me a rat if you want, mm-hmm. but I'm getting off the sinking ship, especially if the captain of that ship brought a bunch of anchors and explosive devices and put those on the <laughs> ship. Like, if it's not my fault, if it's not my, if I've done everything I've, I could to make sure that this ship got to wherever it was going to, and and the captain of the ship has put a bunch of, put put a bunch of anchors on board. Mm-hmm. Then I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm jumping. I'm, I'm jumping Maybe that makes too. me a millennial. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I'm a survivor. Damn it. I may I, be a millennial, but I survive. I just I would rather just make a new ship. I think that's where you and I are coming from. Forget sinking ship. I'm just I'm ready to build another ship that doesn't sink this Do time. Do you think there is a seven two two hundred and I don't know ten to fifteen pound patch that you can put bull bull into the ship and bring it afloat? Do you think oh, he's going to oh, do that with the bull patch? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, do you like that. that. You know, I'm he's ho- got the wingspan. He can cover a lot of ground. Now hold on, we got to go to the other side of the ship because there's another hole there. I think maybe that's about a Cam Johnson sized hole, maybe a Chuma Okiki, if you will. Now. That hole, it's going to take a little bit of time to start to fill up because Chumo Kiki does have a torn ACL right now, but I do like him, and if he's there at 27, I think those are the two guys that I have my eye on, at least at this moment in time. And then the Hornets would have a couple of second-round picks to work with. We got picks for days, man. We used to not have any second-round picks. Now we've got them for days. And Rick says you want five of them. I, you know, I'm thinking about it. You know, maybe do we trade the twenty seventh pick? Now we got we got your bowl bowl, we got your precious bowl square. Oh, I'm hungry, little taco, little uh, taco fall. Uh, you know, we go down the line a little bit. Mm. Do we, is seven two enough size for you, or are you thinking bigger? Do you uh, want to go taco fall right that's now? Seven seven. So I don't know, seven's bigger than two. I'll yeah. tell you that. I don't hey, know much so, about 
advanced analytics, but I'll tell you seven is bigger than two. That's right. Size 22 shoe, by the way. Only one of a handful of guys ever in the NBA alongside a Shaquille O'Neal. There was one guy I was surprised to see on that list, and I can't think of his name. Um, but it was Shaquille O'Neal, Taco Fall, and a couple of other huge guys that have worn size 22 shoes in the league before. Is that good enough for me to draft? Sure. You're damn right it is. Remember to get the show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery, thrillers, and sports. Download Himalaya free at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Hornets. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll join you on a Thursday. Thursday.